I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. My dating life is like a four-leaf clover. It's very rare that I get lucky. <laughs> I'm not 100% Irish, but I am 100% a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, it's Andy's Girls. First off, I had a different quasi-Tinsley-themed tagline, and I just said to writer-comedian Ryan Houlihan that I wanted something St. Patty's related, and I was like, what has something to do with a four-leaf clover in my dating life? And he just came <laughs> up with it, and I was like, okay, let's record. Here we go, guys. That's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> Single yes. dollar tips for dick jokes. Yes. <laughs> um, you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 98-ish. Wow. We're coming up on episode 100. I'm so excited about it. And we actually have an exciting announcement that's going to happen on Andy's Girls. It's going to be a pop-up little mini announcement that's coming at some point this week. So if you haven't subscribed to Andy's Girls, I highly encourage that you get in. I don't even know. How, you subscribe. Of course I know. I I run a podcast. I know that you know how to subscribe. So I'm not going to tell you guys how to do it because I know. Because you're that, adults and we all have the internet. <laughs> We're so good. So do that because there's a fun, exciting announcement about um, episode 100 that's going to come your way, landing in your Apple podcast or SoundCloud or Spotify thing or where, however Google, you listen, Google, stuff, maybe Google possibly, things. however, in social media, however you listen to Andy's Girls, highly encourage that you subscribe because I'm extremely excited about episode 100, which by the way, is inspired by something that friend of the show, James LaRosa suggested I do literal months ago. And I was like, um, yeah, let's maybe do that. And then I forgot about it and I just remembered the other day. And so I was watch like, this, this is, space. Watch this space, listen to this space, follow this space, subscribe to this space. Shout out, by the way, to 
everyone who's Venmoed me. <laughs> because can I tell them why it's so important that they Venmo me? Yeah. Um, Dox so, me. <laughs> <laughs> so I follow Ryan Houlihan, writer, comedian, light of my life. Um, on everything ever, all of your social media. And on Twitter one day, I saw someone tweet you. Is that how it happened? So my friend Chelsea had tweeted out that. That there were super cheap flights to Europe and select dates in yeah. like April and May. She, her husband is French. And so they ha- they go back and forth oh, a lot. a lot. Okay. And so she's always watching those flights. So and occasionally smart. when it's super cheap, she'll like tweet about it. And it was like super duper cheap flights to Paris. And I was like, the you world is going to end like so soon. Yeah. And I might as well see it. Right. If the, <laughs> if the world is burning, let it burn while we're like close to the Eiffel Tower. If Paris is burning, I want to be there. <laughs> this is so, a sequel nobody asked for um so you i booked a trip um uh i there was like only one week we could do it because my fiance travels so much for work um and nowhere glamorous so i was like we have to just like you gotta to do, do it. it like the, the stars aligned i had to do it and you saw me tweeting about it and, and then i hopped on it and i bought i submitted my credit card information while my cheap ass car was pulling up to my psychiatrist building and she we had a very intense session she's like sarah i just really think that you need to like reward yourself and whatever and i was like she's like you know like go shopping buy yourself a new whatever my psychiatrist by the way and i was like (laughs) i was like dr k good timing because in the car directly outside of your building i bought a 350 dollar <laughs> round trip air france <laughs> ticket to Paris, and i have no idea how i'm gonna pay for it how i'm gonna afford it i just figured it's a loss of 350 dollars at worst yeah if i can't find like a super cheap hotel and she was like i am so into this and i told my therapist my therapist was like i could not be more into this like yeah. my entire mental health you care can find a is, good like, airbnb in paris so I was looking at Airbnbs, but I don't love the idea because I'm going to be traveling solo. So I don't love the idea of staying in someone's apartment. Yeah. Where they have a key. Right. It feels like a little, not like rapey, but like I just don't. And like I'd have to use their towels and stuff. And like I'm not, I need a concierge. Like I need to find a place. Shout out listeners. If any of you, I know I have some European folks, please tell me your suggestions um, for cheap hotels because I need to find one. Did you book a hotel? You must have. We're doing an Airbnb, which is the benefit of being two men. Is that (laughs) you could physically dominate anyone that came in. Um, Not that we would. Um, so we're going to do an Airbnb. Um, where? What neighborhood? We're pinging between two of them. I think we're going to pick today. Oh, that's so nice. But I love your psychiatrist being like, treat yourself, girl. Yeah. Every time I see my psychiatrist, including yesterday, she's like, I really need you to buy something for yourself. I was like, okay, well, I haven't got my hair done since September. <laughs> so maybe I should get some highlights. I went to a psychiatrist like two weeks ago to, because I needed to get my prescriptions refilled. And I... I'm on like shitty healthcare, so like I the only option is this woman who's like two hours outside the city. <gasps> so once a month, I have to like take a day off, download some shows, take the train for for, for like forever. Literally two hours away. Two hours away, and so I get there a few weeks ago because I just was like I gotta knock this out. So yeah. I get there, and I'm talking to her, and I'm like, you know, my antidepressants great. Um, but there is a weird symptom. I think I've been gaining weight. Like I put on yeah, like yeah, 20 yeah. to 30 pounds since I started it and nothing else is different. I'm pretty sure. And she 
only speaks Russian, which is great. It's My great. psychiatrist speaks Russian too. Really? I love them. She, but she only speaks Russian. Oh, that's and a problem. And so her like assistant came in to help because we were having Translate? translation issues, which oh is God. definitely a HIPAA violation. <laughs> and the assistant turns to me and goes, don't eat like pig. <laughs> My psychiatrist. <laughs> then she goes, maybe you eat 900 calorie a day for several months. You lose the weight, it stays off. 900 calories is like a Coke. She basically... She, she insulted me and then told me to do a crash diet. My psychiatrist. She told you to become anorexic. I was like, fill the script. I'll see you in a month. Like, I could not handle it. And the whole train ride home, I was like, that wasn't me, right? Like, that's definitely weird. <laughs> that is insane. I feel like she should be on, like, Real Housewives of oh, New York. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, she yeah. should Bethany go to like, Dr. Amador, <laughs> and they can just out whatever each other, and I'm in it to win it. So, guys, you know, I hope everybody has their meds and <laughs> their mental <laughs> Top health. Top of the morning. Happy St. Patty's. Um, it's a nightmare here in New York City. I have not. It's like early afternoon. I have not yet gone outside because of the drunk monsters who are lurking. It's Bridge like the Walking tunnel, Dead, but everyone in green. Up. Yeah, so bad. I just posted an Insta story of just Shannon in that sparkly green shirt. <laughs> which P.S. She posted on Instagram today and was like, um, "Happy St. Patty's." I guess I need to get a smaller size. She put it on. It was way too big, and I was like, Shannon, there's so much that you and I have in common with like mental health the way we see ourselves weight and stuff but I'm just I want her to I'm happy that she's like confident and is proud of her physical transformation but I'm nervous that that's all that's happening or that's also all that, that she's it can't reflecting be the it biggest can't, thing in your right, life it can't be there has to be an underlying thing that's happening like i think she said at one point that she was seeing a therapist did i make that up she maybe said she was texting a therapist anything is better day. than dr moon i know oh my god she could face she still goes to a therapist for five minutes a week and it would be better than dr moon i thought at one point that dr moon had died but i think he's still alive i want to know just how much money she sunk into dr moon like is that the reason they lost their house <laughs> I mean, did she even lose her house? They I mean, sold the house they for like sold 13 the house, or whatever. And then they moved into like a... Well, that's the glory of getting a divorce. I mean, look at Kelly. Like, but I mean, the house that... with the crystals buried. They'd already moved when they were trying to work that out. And I was like, financially, maybe they could have saved this house if they, she hadn't been at Dr. Moon twice a week and been stuck in her eyes or whatever. That house with that fucking indoor... Didn't they have a basketball court? Did they yeah. make that up? They it had like crystals lot. buried and all the materials were made from like magical thinking or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they all had like vibrations or something. That house is what Jennifer from New Jersey, Jennifer Aiden, thinks she lives yes, in. Yes, 100%. Like minus like the green living. Like Jennifer Aiden thinks because she has an indoor basketball court with like a fucking like blow up kitty house when the children come over she thinks she lives that life of luxury and it's like sweetie you know you just have this cave that's like she's dubrow-esque like, if you have a cbs coupon a lot of people on long island off. no matter how small their house is almost every person on long island has a chandelier in their home <laughs> like like a tiny ranch Why is it's that? like a chandelier in a fountain i don't know i truly don't know and it, it's like her design choices are the same no matter where she lived she would have like a fountain outside of it like she'd put it in the hallway of the apartment that's and be totally like, true <laughs> there's so you guys there's so much happening so ryan houlihan last week damien and i recorded a 17 hour episode mm-hmm. of andy's girls which was riveting <laughs> it was riveting <laughs> 
my favorite part of it was like listeners were immediately contacting me being like, I'm so excited. And I was like, you guys, like Damien and I, we stopped recording and we were so so tired. He's like, I have to go. He literally left essentially immediately after. We didn't realize how long we had been talking until I like legit looked at our amazing new tack, which I'm making sure is on. It is. And, um, and we're like, oh my God, that was, so we talked about so much, but there's so much that I want to talk to you about because there's been a lot that's happening. Like right before we started recording, you mentioned like there are, it's so crazy that there are four shows on the air. And I was like, well, Jersey's over, but you're right. There are four shows because pump rules, which is like tangentially related to Real Housewives at this point. To me, it's part of the canon. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's like part, if I knew like superhero stuff, it's like part of the universe, but they've not necessarily, aside from like the first season, really. Oh, that's my phone. Um, Love that. <laughs> I'll tell you about that after. Um, so I, um, yeah. it's like part of the universe, but they've not necessarily interacted that much. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to watch it because of like Lisa, because the show is first off amazing. And because Lisa's obviously like the head of the show, the mind behind it, but it's been kind of not a rocky season, but it feels a little bit flat just a little bit flat I think they're getting a little too comfortable with the producers they're all growing up in a way that I mean is probably healthy for them but doesn't make for great tv yeah and I feel like they've gotten very comfortable with their success off camera and through the show and that's creeping up like there's a there's a balance between like Jack's allegedly growing up because of his engagement and Jack's now being a celebrity and you know, and getting older, sure, he's like 750 now. Like he's like 39, but going on 64. But it's and also, also like how like, much of this is related to the money that you now have the access. They have money and they have a tight bond as a cast. Right. They really do. Which is great. And it made for a great show for a while. But it also means they're just going to refuse to film with younger people and they're not going to pass the baton. There's no like every time someone new comes in, they really ice them out. Of filming in a way like Sheena has not appeared on this show because they just decided not to have her imagine if the producers were like we're gonna bring in some younger like fresh blood like the only people who've weaseled their way in were James and Lala because they did like a full team rocket where they just like refused (laughs) to leave but Sheena I feel like it's not necessarily because she's like well, it's because she's in the group. It's Marina Del Rey. <laughs> she's in Marina Del Rey, number one, and also, like, isn't really bringing anything. She had this yeah. fake relationship with a guy who was on The Bachelorette or whatever. I don't follow The Bachelor universe. I know a lot of people are obsessed with it. I wish I was, but I, like, I genuinely don't have... I you gotta pick a universe. You either I know, know Bravo right? or you know The Bachelor. And God bless to the, po- the folks that watch it, because I know that there's, like, a rabid fan base, and I love that fan base. I also watch Bachelor in Paradise. I don't watch every ep, but I've seen several, and I think it's hilarious, even though I don't know who any of the people are. But... Sheena went on this little side plot about, was it Robbie? About like pretending to fall in love with a guy with the terrible new teeth or like pretending to date or flirt with him or something. And then has been putting on social media, like, wouldn't it be great if I was the next bachelorette? Like it feels a little bit too obvious and also super disconnected from the pump rules atmosphere itself. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of the reason why she's getting iced out because she doesn't have anything organic to say like when her marriage was falling apart that was like really interesting when her now ex-husband 
Mike Shea, is that right? When her now ex-husband was bringing up the fact that she like talked about him relapsing on camera to like shame. That was really interesting and fascinating and like a combo of plot and production. And right now I'm like, I forget that Sheena is on the show. I mean, when she, when they were fighting in the alley and they did a shot of her just like peeking around the corner. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, what is happening? Who is this woman? Why are you still on this show? Like Billy Lee has more plot this season than fucking Sheena. She was like, I'm hanging out with Adam, but like we're not dating, but like we hook up and like maybe we're dating, but like we're not dating. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't matter. It's like nobody, I don't think anyone, like God bless you if you're a fan of Sheena. Like that's always interesting when you hear about like who your people are super fans of. But I just... Don't see it. And I have a pump rules satchel of gold that I want to get your thoughts on. Okay. From Dan from Brighton, which I've been told is um, somewhere in London. (laughs) (laughs) United Kingdom. Vaguely the United Kingdom. Um, So shout out to you, Dan. Top of the morning. Do the British celebrate St. Patty's Day? Yeah, they do. Because Kate Middleton wore a green dress today. Okay, I'm insane. Um, So this is a a pump rules satchel from Dan. The um, oh, he gave us a mazel on the two-hour episode. Thank you, Dan. And he said you didn't even... Oh, the, the two-hour episode was a highlight of my day, and you didn't even talk about Vanderpump Rules. Is Vanderpump Rules as a show heading for trouble, seeing as they all seem to be resolving conflict so much quicker than they used to? The group is so tight now, they're not going to let anyone rock the boat too much. James is carrying the season drama-wise. Yeah, uh, here's my thinking. I think we have another season of Vanderpump Rules, and then I think... <gasps> What? I think we go over to Tom Tom. Jax and Brittany have kids and we follow them over there. Um, Lala and James will have to either try to reboot the show with like new people, but I can't see how we do two more years of this. Wait, so t- take me back with that. Do you think that Tom Tom will become a spinoff of Pump Rules or do you think that Pump Rules will itself transition into a different it's one kind or the of other if, they, if, they, if she can't get them to take Vanderpump Dogs and a Tom Tom spinoff then it will become about Tom Tom or Tom Tom spins off into its own show and then Vanderpump Rules is the sir centric show and like we get the Tom Tom you know Katie is over there um you've got like Ariana Stasi. like there that'll be their whole little world I, I don't see how we stay sir centric how we stay this group centric it's just this season is on vapors and listen did i love that insane therapy scene with the screaming and the fighting and like uh, mm. yeah like do i stand christian's dramatic journey into like literally at all respecting herself of course it's been a great storyline oh my god it's so sad but it, i don't see how we do any more like full seasons of like, I'm thrilled to see Katie get called out. That resolved itself in the episode, and that was that. I, we can't do any more seasons of just, like, you know, Tom wants to make a cocktail menu, and Lisa doesn't, you know, not putting anything on the menu, and then they compromise. And, like, this is just not a storyline for me. I don't want to watch them redo their house. I don't want to watch them move into their beautiful new house. I don't want to watch them pick up motorcycles. Like, that... I, 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 I Listen, it's my favorite show. I could sit here and pick apart that motorcycle scene and how absolutely insane that Tom Sandoval was for deciding to buy a motorcycle instead of rent one. And oh, yeah. Very weird. Also, Ariana phrased it in such a beautiful way where she was like, it really amazes me the way your mind works. <laughs> <laughs> and she's clearly like wants to be in a relationship with a woman and is just fully <gasps> done. Do you think that Ariana 100? is gay? 
I mean, I, she's at least bi, and yeah, she's definitely bi. I think she's just really over men and like bored of it. And I don't, she doesn't want kids, which I think to me is signaling she just wants to be like a powerful dank lesbian who just like really? rich travels. Yeah, I think her and Lala would make a great couple. <laughs> oh my! Well, I think that they would be like total like power lesbians. I don't know. I really think that Ariana and Tom like love each other. I mean, really, I do. I but- think he loves her and he loves being in a relationship and he. He would be pregnant in a second if he could. Tom and would be the most beautiful pregnant woman in he, the whole world. He really would. And she would be comfortable. She would be yes, comfortable in that. But I do not think that they're in like passion. I mean, they have sex like what? Never? Like that's. And then she was like having sex with Lala in the back of that car while he was like watching and like. But do we really believe that was A hundred percent. I thought it was maybe like heavy petting. Although Louis Plainsman came going. on the show and he was like, you don't need to have penetration. I mean, sex, which remember when Kristen ate uh, Britney's Kentucky muffin? It's not our first journey into the lady pond you guys, on Vanderpump Rules. These people are so close. And I also. You know what? I would give them another four seasons if they all finally come out as bi. <laughs> Whole new dynamics. I would love them to switch partners like every couple episodes. Like yeah. a fun like magical chair situation yeah i want to get to the storyline where like joey has a crush on rachel that storyline but on (laughs) vanderpump rules i want like britney to have a crush on tom schwartz how weird would that be that was when friends like officially jumped the shark like it wasn't the monkey it was like literally (laughs) when joey was like i don't know maybe i have a feeling for rachel (laughs) Uh, that would be Magical. I mean, like, I I sort of half watched this week's Pump Rolls and the stuff with Kristen and Carter, where she's like, "Why can't you guys support me while I make a terrible choice so that I can be married to someone who treats me poorly?" She She literally doesn't want to. She says, "She said I don't want to die alone." Like, first off. You're going to die, but also you're going to die alone. The purpose of dying is that you die. I mean, like. Unless you're in that weird cult situation, like the, but even then, like your everybody body, dies alone. Everybody right, dies you alone. just literally die alone. So, but why? Happy is, Valentine's. I mean, if it was Carter or nobody, I would love an empty apartment. Carter seems like a nightmare person, and he doesn't do anything. Kristen is paying for everything, everything. and putting up with everything. He stole her wallet when he went on a trip. I can't. And this is after James's mom stole right. Kristen's credit card. Yes. So, like, and I mean. The, uh, uh, this is my theory is that everyone steals her credit card and that's why she has all these frequent flyer miles to just be flying in people's exes and family members. Um, it, it's really dark. The fact that Stasi had to tell her, like, oh you can God. date someone that makes you feel good. Yeah. That was like, fuck, straight people, you are crazy. <laughs> we are. So, and Stasi's like, look at my past relationship. She's right. She's I mean, really Patrick right. and Carter are very similar. And, the way that Carter talks to her, that was their anniversary dinner. I know. And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, are you a seventh grade boy? When he posed for that photo with the dessert and looked like such a dick, Ugh. I was like, you do not do that to sugars and carbs. Like, you have some Meanwhile, respect Meanwhile, she's for paying the check. I know. Does he even work? Did we? He's like, he He's does like something? a photographer. The oh way that God. Tom Schwartz was a mactor. <laughs> Which then he just took naps. He just yeah, left a lot. A lot of naps. There's a lot of naps when you're a actor. Oh, man. Pump rules. I mean, it's still so good. Listen, but... it's heads and tails above a bunch of shows that Bravo that I have watched. Above wrapped. a bunch of like. It's a ha- great show. Above some housewife franchises. But this season is not 
it's definitely the weak link among the seasons. And I don't know how we do this for a few more years. They're just getting older. They're settling down into big houses. They're clearly all millionaires at this point, And they want to have kids. And like... Or like heavy thousandaires. Heavy thousandaires. Yeah. I mean, with property, probably. I mean, well, one of them now Jax's has it. fucking yeah. old collectible cars that he's collecting, <laughs> like Hot Wheels. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And like uh, watching them like do their like it's grandmama's bear cheese. Like that story is not it, girl. Like I, I am not here to watch you make beer cheese. I am here to watch you like get your Kentucky muffin eaten and fight. Also, can you I don't I genuinely don't know this. Um, but as an entrepreneur, can you create a new product by literally using someone else's in like recipe? Like she's just literally saying she's gonna combine beer that's already been produced by another company and cheese that's already been produced by another company and like mix it is that i think what we're getting here i think yeah i definitely you can you can definitely use an ingredient no but like the actual product like she's using beer that she's well i don't think she can label like it was budweiser but i think that that's you can yeah i mean you can sell a cocktail that's like a mix of pre-made. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know why I feel like it's different with food. Like they own the. I also think we were watching them make all this beer cheese as a fun activity. for Yeah, them. and it's not yet serious. And I also think when they go to a manufacturer, they'll be like, this tastes good. And the manufacturer will slap a label on something that is a recipe that already exists. Right. Like what's his face on um, Southern Charm? Like I he mean, came up with, with his own beer. Uh, yeah. And he like tested it and whatever the fuck. Happened. And I also like, did you see Jax also has that Just Add X product? Yeah. And like, I just. And one of them is the flavors is like cheating or something. Oh, it's real it's weird. It's really weird. It's and also weird. who's buying, it's like a mixer in a can, but you don't get the alcohol with it. Like, so it's just juice. Like, I don't, I'm not clear <laughs> on what it is or like why you would purchase that or who's taking this where. Because if I'm I don't know. in my home, I can just mix my own thing. And if I'm at a bar, like that's the bar's job. It's all very weird and dark. And I'm not here to watch you like make products. Like I'm not here. Uh, how, how It was hilarious when Stasi was like, it's so easy to make a book. You just do a FaceTime and then you've got a book. Like, that was very funny. But also I'm not here to watch her like write her like, like, a vanity project book like that's just this that's not what the show is and at a certain point we're like not in sir we're all at our big houses like that they're all gonna buy and we're all making our products it's just a housewife's show and at some point you just graduate stassi to real housewives of beverly hills oh my god which would be amazing you or gra- lala or lala one of them graduates and then you put the toms in their tom show and then you let their waiters try to do a spinoff and like there, you just have to like. There's a graduation process because with a housewife, it's like you're a housewife till the day you die. Like you, we could watch any of these women because their lives are going to be like this until they're put in a home. Like that, those shows can exist for a while. Uh, the time in your twenties when you're a waiter and you're fucking all your coworkers is not forever. And we are on season eight. Like, it, are we on season eight? Like we're hitting, uh, we're hitting a point where like they're just too old for this, and I think they're starting to feel too old for this, and like. James's alcoholism, they're all alcoholics, but James's alcoholism is like the like problem drinking of youth. Like Kristen, it's like getting dark. Like someone needs to pull up on like, she's going to be 40 and she's just like eventually fighting with, I, I mean, soon enough. I mean, what is she like? 36, 37? Probably. Yeah. And she's like fighting over whether or not Carter likes her. Like at some point you either become a housewife or like you grow up and move on. I don't know. It's just getting harder to watch. But you know, I mean, 
maybe they'll pull it out like Jersey did. What do you think of James's brother now being like the Max of Pump Rules, where he's just going to be in the background? Has the most English face I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Isn't it so problematic? <laughs> I feel so bad for him. But when he first went on camera, I was like, oh, this is not going to work. He looks out. like a caricature of an English royal <laughs> in like a political cartoon. You know what I mean? For like yeah. the 18th century, like someone drew a nasty cartoon and then they put it on the printing press and all oh the people giggled. It, it, it's terrible. really, but it's he, a lot. He, he does seem like still a normal person, which is so funny because you look at the cartoon character that is James Kennedy, like white Kanye or whatever. And I think like your brother wants to become this. Like if I saw my brother on TV doing this stuff, I'd be like, well, packing it up. I'm becoming a librarian. <laughs> but also their mother pushing Ugh. the brother to do this so that, that he mother. can have a part-time job to support the family, aka her like Uber pools. I like, mean, bitch wants to take an Uber she's XL. Be so using, the kids right? she's like, using what? For $300 every couple days. That's drug stuff. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure she well, no, but she's um she is um like 9 months sober or something. And I believe that. I believe I mean, that maybe she's, she's not drinking. I believe that she's sober to like um, those kinds of substances, but I think that she is, she certainly has behaviors that are, I mean, her comparable and, to having, to being an addict. Her and James both aren't sober in the sense of like doing the work. They're both right. like dry, which yeah. is just very different. And uh, I mean, that whole cast is g- like gacked out of their mind half the time. Like that, the whole cast is like definitely blowing lines. There's, I mean, really? I read some like anonymous posts that someone was like, um, you know, I used to work for the show and there's tons of footage that they can't use and like mic pack stuff of them in the bathroom just like railing coke. Which and isn't surprising. It's not surprising, but there's also like it, it definitely like fuels a lot of what happens. Like you don't yeah. get that belligerently drunk where you fall down and you black out and you like fall apart if you're not on something like Adderall, Coke, like you have to have an upper because at a certain point you're just tired and want to go to bed. Like I've day drank before, but they take it to a level that like there's something else in the mix. And I think, like, Jax has definitely calmed down with whatever he was using. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, like, they're all going to come down from that, like, high of being a reality star in your 20s. And they're going to get married. And, like, I don't know. But you look at James and I'm just like, that is the energy I need from the rest of the cast. Oh, no. (laughs) This is the level of darkness I need. I need us back in that alley every week. Oh, I hate him so much. (laughs) I, like, don't enjoy watching him, but I know that he's important and is, like, giving us a lot. But I really do not like him as a person. I have a lot of sympathy for him because I think he's really damaged and he really wants to be liked. And he uses substances to, like, fill a hole and he is really damaged. And I think Tom Sandoval sees that and he's trying to stand up for him a little bit. Do you think that's bit. real? Tom Sandoval really wanting to spend time with James? Oh, you do? I think that he I sees that tell. James is really broken as a person. And, you know, Tom but did he doesn't date have Kristen the... for several years. Yes. So that actually does make sense. Tom is a mother. Tom yeah. is a pregnant mother <laughs> who wants to take care of these broken birds. And I think he sees that James really needs it. And... It's just sad because they have a point. Like, Katie has said some horrifying things. Also, Katie is not fat. She doesn't know how to dress her own body, no, but, but she's, she's not like fat. A, she's like a six in L.A., which they consider borderline morbidly obese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're comparing yourself to Lala, who only feeds herself from a baby bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know. So bad. So, yeah, there's a lot happening or not happening. And I still watch every episode, but this season feels like a little bit of a loss. Yeah. And I definitely think Lisa's not, her head is not in the game on either show. She's definitely taking her brother really hard. 
And I think like that is coming through for me on both shows. She seems to like really be going through it and nobody has the language to discuss that. Okay. We have to talk about this because we we do not agree. (laughs) Here's the problem. Okay. So I said to Ryan, who I had in love with my life when you got here, and I've said it to you via text too, like I am conflicted. Like I, like that I had just was just rewatching Beverly Hills. I watched the last four minutes of Beverly Hills three times just now before you got here last night at one o'clock in the morning. I was literally pointing my iPhone at my laptop, which I had propped up on its side so I could get a better angle screenshot of those texts. Like it took minutes, you guys. And I have such ADD that was like several lifetimes because I am, I am trying to understand what is happening on Beverly Hills. And I really want to understand this dog situation. And I like, remember when the fight was Dorit asked for a different glass. Yeah. Now we're in like Underwear, next level forensic science about that, a dog. The fact that Erica Girardi has a vagina was an entire <laughs> season and PK wanted to see it, or maybe he didn't. Who's to say like, I, I have asked this on Instagram. I've done a couple like repeat polls, which I'm going to continue to do as the season goes on. Cause I want to see the differences in like team um, Teddy slash everyone else versus LVP. You, and, listen, you need polling data during election season. I mean, it's exactly <laughs> that's just, everybody vote. You guys, it's super register by following you on uh, Instagram at Dean Gally. Um, it's the best vote you'll ever have in your life. It's the most important. Rock the vote. Rock the vote. That's right. Sass it. Um, so, and you know, I did a poll that was like, do you want LVP back next season? I think the majority was LVP, but it was like 60, 40. I did a poll this week. Whose side are you on? Teddy LVP. It was like 55, 45 Teddy, which is essentially a tie. I did one that was like, are you tired of the dog plot? The majority said yes. But my thing is I am so interested in this dog story because I feel like production has set us up for this kind of arc from the very first season of Beverly Hills when there were rumors and accusations by other housewives that LVP was manipulating plot. And I feel and like... And of th- course she was. And of course she She's was. She's very good at her job. And you know what? There was a... There's a little snippet of a video from a previous season that Teddy tweeted this week, which is that moment during the reunion where LVP is talking about her horror at the fact that Bernie, Adrian's chef, had been like talking shit about her and she says this whole thing to Adrian was like I would never have somebody on my staff if that ever happened like they would be immediately let go and Teddy's tweeting it being like remember when but it's interesting because there have been similar accusations rumors whatever that have been brought to the screen but nobody has ever been able to make it into anything more than an allegation and this is the first season where I really feel like someone is bringing the receipts now that being said that person is also problematic and fucking Dorit is fucking problematic so it's like nobody's coming out of here a goddamn angel but But don't you think a little bit of this is that listen if you're on that show you're an idiot if you're not trying to work a storyline or like trying to play for the camera. Like you might, might, I mean, some people can do that and still be a reality star like Sonia, but most people are like coming into there with like a, a storyline that they want. Like yeah. they're playing a game. Yeah. 
But I think Kyle doesn't know how to do that. And she's not good at manipulating people. And I think for years she has been paranoid about LVP because she does like mild reality TV work. Like she does the mild producer work. She comes in with receipts or tells somebody to say something on camera, which they're all doing behind the scenes on every show. Kyle doesn't know how to do that smoothly. And so she has been paranoid about her for a very long time. And I think we finally came on something that is confusing enough and she's got a cast that's frustrated with Lisa enough that it's being turned into something. But I genuinely do not think that I, I mean, having read those texts, I genuinely do not think that Lisa thought that this dog thing was going to become what it is. Like, I think she definitely was like, I need an apology from Dorit going into this season. It's good to have conflict, especially like, with Dorit, but I think that she wanted it one and done. Like, I really don't have a feeling that she wanted this to be the entire storyline for the season. I don't. And I think I'm not, I'm not buying that uh, when having read those texts, I'm not buying that. She was like, okay, so y'all say this to Dorit and then you'll accuse this person. And John Sessa will come in here. I think she was like, let's bring up the dog at some point like, I'll have a good, it'll be a good card to have with Dorit, get an apology from her, have some kind of conflict, and then I don't have to keep her as my pet. Because Dorit, I remember at the beginning of the season, Dorit was like, oh, Lisa, you're staying in my room. Oh, Lisa, we're best friends. And Lisa was clearly over her last season. She was over her when she was like drunkenly sitting on top of her, kissing her and being like, I love you, my Lisa. Um, yeah. And I think she was like, this is a good thing to have. I will argue with her over it or we'll have a discussion, a tense discussion. And then I don't have to like be friends with her all season. We can just disconnect. Okay. Couple things. You don't think that Lisa was trying to shame Dorit on camera? Maybe. I don't but think the it was thing about is, an apology. I think it was shaming I think she should have. I think she should have. I agree with you. But when you do this shit to a dog, she almost killed a dog because okay, she didn't realize. It wasn't realize- a kill shelter, but okay. It wasn't an actual kill shelter. But whatever the situation, she threw a dog, a second dog out of her no, house. No, it's terrible. It's out of her home. Terrible. A hand-reared puppy does Ter- not bite and break the skin. Ter- well, and even if it did, it's not the dog's fight. And if you There buy, are no bad dogs. If you All buy dogs a are good sweater dogs. from Neiman Marcus, you don't return it to Bloomingdale's unless you know that you're fucking something up, like you're doing something wrong. She should not have given it to anybody else but the um, but Vanderpump Pups. That was like completely and inappropriate. And the thing is, you can't just take a dog put it in a home for two weeks take it out like that traumatizes a puppy and like especially her kids that level of animal like cruelty and like not understanding the responsibility of owning an animal the second time around she automatically loses I do not care what Lisa did or didn't do although I will say I don't think that Lisa was maybe she was going to shame her maybe she was going to make it into a fight to keep her at a distance for the rest of the season but I don't think she thought like this is going to be I'm taking Dorit down I don't think this was like a big mega plan um, okay. I think that's <laughs> such an interesting perspective. Couple things. She has not admitted anything. She's halfway admitted that she knew that Teddy knew, but then she backtracks and tries to like change the conversation when it's like, well, what does that actually mean? Did you talk to your staff about Teddy? She tried to bury an employee, John Blizzard, on camera. I thought the power structure in that scene was 
completely fucked. I thought she was, it was an example of how I trust very, believe very strongly that she was trying to fuck over Teddy on purpose because she was doing the exact same thing on camera to John Blizzard, which is essentially saying like, I'm the alpha, you're the beta. I'm going to tell you what the reality is on camera. You're going to nod and smile and call it a day. And we're going to produce some plot, some epic Well, I think she's trying to produce her way out of this now. Absolutely. But I also think... Lisa already won because we are arguing about this dog right in time for a Vanderpump dog spinoff. No matter what happens, Lisa wins. At the end of the day, Lisa wins. There is no way that they're going to do a Vanderpump dog spinoff on Bravo. There is the possibility on like fucking Animal Planet. But I don't see Lisa Vanderpump getting a... After this, after she walks off of shooting Beverly Hills, I don't think they're going to reward her for that. For I mean, her she still has Vanderpump Rules, which is like their favorite little. Right. So let her continue to have Vanderpump Rules and pretend that all is well. Like she can pretend that she still runs the kingdom. But guess what? One of her castles just burned to the ground. I think she's going to get this spinoff on E! or on some channel. And I think that this has all been. I think she was knew her time at Beverly Hills was running out anyway. And I think this is all at the end of the day. Lisa's playing four dimensional chess and we're all playing checkers. I mean, there was Bobby Fisher, baby. <laughs> there was one of those texts or rather Texas that I was looking Texas's. at that with Texas is that was John Blizzard saying like, let's made some joke about the fact that it was like a Vanderpump Rules spinoff to Teddy, which what like not a Yeah, that it was like a Vanderpump dog spinoff similar to Vanderpump Rules. Um, you don't think, though, that Lisa talk telling Dorit before filming started that Teddy knew and telling, trying to say that Teddy was the one that was trying to produce that scene, which makes absolutely no sense. It I makes really, it seem like her employees and her partner are monsters for doing that shit behind her back. You think that's accurate? I think I can tell, for the most part, when Lisa is acting or producing. Like, I feel like I can sort of tell at this point for a long time I was like I don't know now like we've gotten to a point where when I can tell when Lisa's turning her game face on and I think that scene Vanderpump dogs when they brought out the dog and she was like no I got a vibe that she was like no like oh my god I couldn't disagree with you more really I couldn't disagree with you more I think she was gonna bring it up I just don't think it in in this Lisa is Bobby Fisher and for a (laughs) fucking reason and we are searching for her and the whole did you get that yes I got it. <laughs> it was one of my favorite movies. I was little in the big deal. Um, so I, I just kind of feel like I'm absolutely right. <laughs> and I feel like she was producing the fuck out of that scene. It makes no sense. If she did tell Teddy or she, not, rather, sorry, if she told her, the Johns, one of them, whomever, Sessa to tell Blizzard to tell Teddy, which I do believe happened, why would I, she knock it down except to look good, noting that she's coached people to bring this stuff up? And that's the reason why Teddy didn't follow through because she saw the way LVP was behaving and it clicked in her head that what she had agreed to do was uh, work with them to shame Dorit was actually working against her because she was a pawn. I mean, everyone on this show is a pawn for Lisa, but I also think, and not to like pivot or to make it about something else, but if Kim died... Do you oh think that Lisa would treat Kyle the way that Kyle is treating Lisa? Because Kyle's brother, I mean, Lisa's brother died like of an overdose. And if that had been Kim Richards, everyone would be treating Kyle way differently than they're treating Lisa. Everyone is acting like Lisa is fine. Like, oh, my grandmother passed away. Which no, they're not. 
I feel like everyone's... They had that scene on the stairs at Vanderpump where she was like teary. I don't think anybody thinks that she's not in pain. I, I And then it's not a Lisa sibling. Lisa Rinna has not treated her well. And I, you know, the whole thing with Erica in the card, it's like your coworkers. I don't really think this is a big deal. But I love that I she took a photo of it. I do think she was trying... Yeah, that was funny. I do think she's trying to... I, I think Lisa doesn't feel like anyone is taking any of that into account of like how they're treating her this season. I think that is a very good point and something that we should all reflect with, but I don't think it absolves her of producing poorly behind the scenes and then getting fucked on camera as I a result. I hear you a hundred percent. I also think we're at this point with this dog thing. We are also getting into like um, Zapruder film territory where <laughs> We're like trying to screen cap screen caps and trying to piece together what happened. And we don't really know. And I think that at the end of the day, I also think I cannot do this for the rest of the season. I want us to come to some resolution where like we all call that one a mulligan and move on to the fact that Dorit is being evicted and chased by her in a pool by creditors or whatever. Which wasn't shown on camera, but there are clips of it on Twitter. Which and was wild. And she's with like Lisa Renna, and they like run off, escorted by production. It's for, shout out to whoever did that. That was I, phenomenal. I I hope that we move on to something else. But I also hearing you talk all of that out. I hear your viewpoint. It's completely plausible, and I get it. I just don't. For myself, that wasn't the vibe that I got. I got the vibe that she was going to play this dog thing out and she was going to try to keep Dorit at a distance with it. But I didn't think this was going to be a whole campaign season long takedown of Dorit. It felt like she was just going to play out the storyline to keep Dorit at a distance. The problem that it, the reason that it's become the entire plot the of the season. Up, not the crime. Is because my favorite thing that I've said, like the last eight to 14 episodes of Andy's Girls, it's not about the crime. It's about the cover up. And I watched um, Teddy went on the Jenny McCarthy show to get a vaccine and talk. And um, um, can you imagine if a guest showed up with a needle and they were like, just real quick. But. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to have the flu? <laughs> very, very Elizabeth Holmes. I love it. Yes. Um, by the way, I quickly just want to plug, go to JennyMcCarthyBodyCount.com. It's a list of children oh, no. who've died from being unvaccinated since Jenny McCarthy came out against vaccines. That's so awful. But is it wrong <laughs> that like, listen, everybody's complicated. I re- the the snippets that I've heard of Jenny McCarthy's housewife interviews, I really love. I mean, I love that, that video. She's like a, an actual fan. Did you see the video of her and Tara Reid? Yeah. Oh my god, incredible! So like that 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 I, I have heard like her. It, she's it's way better than like Juicy Scoop or whatever. Um, no and she's genuinely funny. But she's genuinely funny. Um, I, it's hard for me to engage with any of that because I'm like, you fucking crazy person, you <laughs> children. <laughs> well, I never had sex with both of them. Partners, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I go there really fast. Anyway, so, so Dorit is on. Teddy oh, went Teddy. on Jenny McCarthy. Of course it's a she 25 did. Minute, of course she did. It's a 25 minute interview. I've listened. I've watched it twice. I also God, watched Lisa Rinna's like 40 minute interview or whatever it was on Jenny. And Teddy was just breaking down like here, and you can tell Jenny is like hardcore anti LVP. Yeah, and you and just listening to Teddy break down like the. None of this makes sense. Of course, I said that I was going to do this. I'm complicit in it. I'm not innocent. And the fact that she even says at one point, if LVP had just said in some way, I'm sorry, this would all be over. But she's like, LVP doesn't care about us individually. She cares about everyone. She wants people to look at her in a certain way. And this hurts the brand that she sees herself as. And... 
I think that's valid. I can't remember a moment where LVP apologized and it wasn't like the meat in a shit sandwich. Like it just, she can't She's do it. She's not an apologizer. She's not an apologizer. And she could have shut this down. The problem is she instead decided to go 700% into covering it up. And yeah. that's the state of affairs that we find ourselves in. Like, I just I think that. it's not... It, she's not doing herself any favors, nor is Ken, by the way. I had a listener. I'm so sorry I didn't um, uh, include it as a satchel, but I had a listener reach out to me this week and be like, don't you think that Ken is the one that was potentially manipulating things behind the scenes so that it gave LVP the opportunity in that little clip that we're going to see in full um, later on in the season for her to swear in her kids' lives. She didn't do this because maybe Ken actually did, which I don't totally agree with because in those texts with John Blizzard that I took screenshots of while propping up my computer um, vertically instead of horizontally in which to try to read all of them, that he mentions that Ken didn't want to participate in the Dorit shaming because he is good friends with PK over the course of like the last 40 years which is math I don't entirely understand um because PK is probably like 50 so did he was kind of teacher at his grammar school like how does that work all out all of but- Ken's friends are people who have blackmail material on him and that's it <laughs> <laughs> also the idea of him doddering around their house with the swans and Rosita secretly planning a re- reality TV's takedown storyline is hilarious it's, <laughs> and also who the some, man's asleep if he's a day there's also some handwritten notes on those tax that are print taxes that are printed out and i just want to know who actually wrote those notes because that, that did not look like ken todd's handwriting but anyway regardless i think that this is this season is interesting it's and just gross watching lisa rinna who i usually love like lick her chops yeah. over the idea that like Lisa's going to get a takedown when her brother just died. Like, it's just uncomfortable for me right now. Her brother died. And I don't want to take away from her brother dying. If Kim Richards died, the entire season would be a mourning process. If Kim Richards died off camera, hopefully. You know, not not, not to say hopefully, but like not to say that. Wait. No, Kim Richards will live for a thousand years and we will worship. God bless. God bless. She's a wonderful person. If nothing's killed her yet, nothing will. (laughs) But like, if it happened off camera, which is what happened with LVP's brother, and let's pretend that he was a cast member, which he never was. I don't know if we ever saw him. Maybe we did. I I don't remember. Um, But anyway, if it happened several months prior, she went ahead, filmed her spinoff, and then started Beverly Hills, which is what happened, I think people start off by showing her sympathy and and discussing the things that they did off camera. It doesn't make you sympathetic as a person in mourning when you decide to try to shame your co-star on camera who you're not friends with, who you're essentially an acquaintance plus with, and say, you did not mourn enough for me by sending me a card and not flowers that was not what does that say about lisa vanderpump and by the way what does it say about erica girardi that she knew enough to take a fucking photo of that card before mailing it because she didn't trust the if you don't trust a person that much and i i think she was totally right by the way i'm not i'm not critiquing that much in order to make sure you have evidence in case it's brought up what does that say about the person that you're well remember when when uh the dog died last year and erica sent a text or a note or something and it like wasn't enough and it wasn't enough i think that erica is very cold and calculating and erica like her husband is a lawyer i think she was just like 
I will have evidence for everything going forward with Lisa Vanderpump, which is psychotic and bizarre behavior. And totally spot on. And I think that <laughs> yeah. she, I think she knew wh- what could happen and she wasn't going to show this photo unless it was brought up. And she was fucking proven right. Like her husband is a very smart, very successful litigator for a reason. And if Erica's learned a talent or two about keeping um, receipts and having records and God bless. I also think, by the way, I watched this week's episode and I was like, oh my God, I'm really into Erica Girardi because I'm seeing more Girardi than Jane. And I'm watching the way that she's receiving news from Teddy about stuff that she wasn't aware of. And her interactions with Teddy in their like fake chapel or whatever were so interesting to me. And her confessionals where she's saying like, Teddy isn't clean in this. I'm surprised that she would want to like bury, um, uh, Dorit to that extent were really strong. Like I actually think Erica Girardi is coming back to the Erica that I used to love before it became all about like the performer when it was still the person. Well, and it's I'm like she has really... a drag personality and she doesn't understand that we want to see that sometimes. Right. But most of the time we want to see the person. Right. I mean, even on Drag Race, they're like not in their drag persona for most of the episode. Which is what makes it so impactful. And yeah, that's what makes it so great when they are. So I think she kind of lost the plot with that. Yeah, and I think she's getting it back. I think Erica understood that she w- had some heavy critiques last season and she's yeah. checking herself a little bit. And Erica I takes it. notes. She Erica does. takes she notes. She does. Uh, I want to say, um, could you imagine a conversation between Teddy and Tinsley? And um, if... If you could, would it be any, how much sleepier than Ken Todd would that conversation be? Both Teddy, of them are so boring. Teddy would literally be like, I, I can't. This is the first. If Tinsley was like, listen, I'll give you. I still have coupon cabins, Amex. Like, I want to join the accountability club. Or Teddy would be like, I'm so sorry. I, Teddy would be like, I'm so sorry. I can't take you on. I can't take this on. Like, it's too much. Like, is Tinsley... This is a terrible comparison. Who does she compare with on Beverly Hills? I would say maybe Dorit because she's like kind maybe. of, she has like no self-awareness. I would think Sonia is very Dorit. There's like a lot of delusion. <laughs> I think when I think of Sonia, I actually think maybe a little, she's got a little Jax in her or rather oh, yeah. Jax has a little sexy J, <laughs> which oh, that works. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. So Beverly Hills is a lot. You're obviously totally wrong about Lisa. Um, (laughs) The interesting thing is, you know, when I'm not saying she should come back. I think we're we're kind of done with Lisa Vanderpump. Oh, I think she needs a timeout, but then she should come back. Oh, yeah. No, not forever. But we need a a, we need a season or two off. We need to reset. Although I'm already nervous about what's going to happen next season if she's not there, because I don't know this like alliance of everybody likes each other. Camille will come back, I think. That is exactly. Camille is bringing it this season. And listen. Do I have my disagreements with her about, like, political issues? We're going to get into that later. But she has been on point in every fucking appearance. And she has been very calculating in whose side that she is um, on and why. And I appreciate that. And I totally agree with you. And I could see, I mean, Camille and Dorit apparently get into it or whatever. (laughs) That's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And it carried over after filming into Andy's baby shower when he had to tell them to shut the fuck up and they listened (laughs) to him for five minutes and then went back to squabbling. Like that is a very good sign that that is essentially the best way to repair and reset is bringing back an OG who had a horrific first season a phenomenal <laughs> second season and 
wants to be back in the game and, and god and bless fans fans really still like focus on her in a way that like, like there's a of lot of Camille. energy there yeah it's interesting the polls on watch what happens live have been like overwhelmingly team lvp and she still has such a huge fan base and i've heard from a lot of lvp fans and it's not that i'm saying like she's the devil i just think that like history is not kind when I'm trying to understand her perspective in this. And while I do agree that she definitely wasn't thinking this would be the full season, I absolutely agree with Teddy that there was a plot. LVP was involved as was Teddy. And I just don't think this is the all undoing. of that is that sinister in my mind. I don't think it has to be sinister. I think it's again, like I'm going to say it for the 705th time. It's not about the crime. It's about the cover up. I guess. And it's even in the cover up. It's not sinister. The Lisa is her own worst enemy. And the fact that she can't take any responsibility is why she'd rather quit the show than continue because she saw the tides turning and people being like, we're not going to take it anymore. I mean, it's it's interesting what you were saying about um, Kyle, because I got a satchel from Dylan in Birmingham, Alabama, who responded to some story that I had done. It might have been a poll. Um, about this whole dog situation and he said it's also about Dorit and Teddy being pawns that Kyle and LVP toss around in their long-standing covert war against each other with that being said Kyle choosing to wear that pink suit to LVP's lair <laughs> signifies that their war is no longer covert um which don't, I think is an think interesting point Kyle has taken a lot of the um there's a lot of transference between Kathy and Big Kathy, Big Kathy, and LVP. Like I think Kyle yep. is in a cold war with a number of like motherly figures, and I Big think- Kathy and Little Kathy, by the way, because her oldest sister is Kathy Hilton. Yeah, so it's like both Kathys. I think there's a lot of like older women that Kyle like has a very she like replays this relationship over and over with them, and I think that there's just she has I'm been nodding really paranoid about Lisa for a long time in a way that like it doesn't seem well whereas Lisa Rinna has just been like let's take this bitch down which is very different energy here's the difference between the Lisa's Lisa Rinna is aggressive and Lisa Vanderpump is passive aggressive calculating and Kathy Hilton seems to be passive aggressive Mm -hmm. and I didn't know you do magic (laughs) (laughs) you do magic now (laughs) I mean it's it's fascinating and I think you're totally right and that's a really astute point which is there must be some underlying like not PTSD but there must be some like underlying unresolved unresolved, like trauma that is triggered because Lisa's a little bit older is you know maybe like a little bit of wealthier certainly when they first started much wealthier than when they started yeah I don't know now came in in such an alpha power position and this is kind of what's happened as a result. I don't know that um, Kyle looks at Dorit and Teddy as pawns. I don't know. I think she uses them as pawns without as realizing props. it. I don't Maybe think she understands completely what she's doing. I think she's like, that's my friend. And my friend needs to stick by me by doing what I say, which is using them as a pawn, but not like in such explicit terms in her own mind. Can we move on to a different franchise? Cause I have a yeah. sort of related question. Um, I watched Atlanta this week. I feel like the maybe the thread of all of the shows airing this week was about like friendships and how you can manipulate them mm-hmm. to your own defense. <clears throat> and I watched and rewatched Atlanta this week and I was slightly uncomfortable with a couple things. Very uncomfortable with the fact that we didn't see the full footage of what happened in that fucking closet of nightmares. Yes. 
very uncomfortable with the idea that a belt was used or something. And Portia was like, this could end our friendship. And uncomfortable with the fact that it seems that Nini on and off camera has become very paranoid about being used by these women that she previously considered like close in real life friends specifically 52 cent cynthia yes like i mean she's fighting with marlo we knew we we know things are bad when like nini is fighting with marlo who she normally those two will take each other like to the grave right and so nini fighting with portia cynthia marlo like that stuff is weird and i think nini is in a much worse place emotionally than anybody knows than anybody knows somebody sent me a blind item from some gossip site and i'm so sorry i forget which one it was and it was like a um it was a blind item and it was like which reality star upset people at a reunion because she left oh who's which reality star went filmed a recording of her show and had her estranged husband break down in tears because she left him or something and it was like obviously nini and greg and I mean, she unfollowed everybody after their reunion. She unfollowed everybody but Shamari, who does not count. And <laughs> um, and wasn't it Marlo? I think it was Shamari and Marlo. Oh. I think. Um, or, yeah, I think so. Um, and I don't know where the fuck Tanya was. She was in that fake hibachi of hers. Um, God, I can't with her. I can't watch it. It's so bad. She's so hard to watch. She's She chews her consonants. It's like and it looking at the sun, her desperation and the thirst. She's like, now we're soul sisters. <laughs> She it's literally, like, oh. she said, now we're best friends because you vomited. She's and like, I, I love when people out. vomit on me. It's the best. Oh my God, it happens to everybody. I was she's like, you so, gotta She's so stop. terribly uninteresting. But what do you think about the way that Nini is viewing her co-stars slash friends and how yeah. much of that is influenced by what's going on with Greg? I think the stuff with Greg is taking its toll and I think she does not. Um, my mom is an example of somebody who doesn't know when she's upset she doesn't know when she's emotional she thinks all of her thoughts are really rational and they're all coming from a really rational place okay and i definitely have done this before too but i've worked on it and i've like been in therapy trying to confront and figure myself out i think like she doesn't know when she's like heightened like my mom will be really angry at something and she'll be like well you know what Uh, 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 screaming at my dad or brother about something and then she'll be like and you know what i don't even want netflix anymore she'll cancel netflix uh i'm not making dinner i'm not even hungry to put it all away and it's like she doesn't realize that she's angry at my dad and so she's doing all these choices yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she couldn't get the tv to work so she canceled netflix it's not a rational decision it's because you're really upset right she cannot see that those aren't what she would think like if she wasn't in that mood. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think Nini is really, really upset. And she thinks that all of her, she's rationally um, coming to all of her friendships at the moment without realizing that like, she is in a place where I think she just wants to burn everything down. And yeah. I don't think she understands that it's about Greg, but it is about Greg. She has misplaced rage. And I don't think she understands that. And I think Nini for a while has thought like, she, like her cutting remarks and her getting nasty or whatever with people and being really funny. She's rewarded for that for a really long time. And now she has true rage, not annoyance, not um, frustration. It's true. Like, like it's not fair that people die rage, which is like the darkest people can go. And I think she's really scared. And so she's, she's coming into these friendships and stuff like the closet. It's like, she didn't want them to film her closet is a rational thing to say. But if it happens, it's not the end of the world. She was acting like it was the end of the world because 
right now it feels like it's the end of the world. She was acting like someone was robbing her house. And because right now she feels like she's being robbed of somebody and she feels like it's the end of the world. So she doesn't understand that that's about Greg and that she, you have to take yourself out of that for a second to think like, okay, they're in my closet. I'm upset about it. Like, you know, sometimes you cry and you realize you're crying about something else. Yeah. I think she was screaming and fighting about something else and that that had been ready to go. And like we, we saw her earlier in that day, like swanning around in a good mood. Yeah. I, I think she for a second wasn't in it. But I think and so she was like euphoric. But I think she's deeply in it all the time now. And I think that when you're like that and your life is like that and you don't have a way of processing it and you don't have a way of understanding. um, I don't want to say like segmenting your life off. What is it called when you um isolate silo? Yeah. Like you can put things like you can put up a wall like you know when you go to mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. you go to work you don't yeah. go to into work and be like so this is what's going on in my sex life like there's right. you different you're venues. able to focus on other things and put things aside yep. she doesn't seem to be able to do that right now and she doesn't have like the sc- skills to do that and her personal life is her work and these friendships are her work but they're also her personal life and it's in a big mess and i just worry because someone like I I think that's probably some of the stuff that's going on with Lisa too, which is just like, normally I'm a professional. Normally I keep all this stuff separate and now I'm not able to. And I just think it, I really worry about her. And I think maybe she needs to take a season off, not because she's bad television, not because I don't like her, but because I think she needs a break like herself. And I think she thinks that she puts things aside and she's able to like greet people and they're going to have fun and it's going to be a big party and great, but it's all superficial, which it's is so a phrase that my therapist has used with me and that I've used with my therapist, which isn't to say like I'm thinking about it in a negative way or critiquing, but I'm just thinking about it like when you have a wound, you know, like you're trying to treat a wound superficially, like it's yeah. the topmost layer, but there's a She put real... a bandaid on a gunshot wound. Right. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And I think there are two things happening while the show was being recorded, she was in a lot of pain, paranoid, and um, angry and acting out because of what was going on with Greg. And I think in real life, she is very, very paranoid about losing her shot on this show. Maybe it's because of whatever's going on with her marriage. Maybe it's because she understands that like leaving to do Ryan Murphy shows and stuff several years ago didn't necessarily end, in, I think end with her being a TV star. I think she took that much harder than we know. Right. And I think she's trying again. She shot a pilot. She's working on TV stuff. But the idea, for example that she can talk about wanting Phaedra to come back over and over and over again, but the other women can't talk about Kenya coming back without Nini feeling like that is a threat to her title and her throne. I think that is a trigger for her. I think there's personal stuff and professional stuff. And when it's coming from the same group, she gets very, very angry. And I don't know what happens on the reunion. I think it's a combo of stuff happening with Greg and these women talking about how they feel and Nini not wanting to hear it. And I do think there's something to be said for the fact that these women are commenting on like Kenya's social media and they're talking about the fact that they want her back. And Nini looks at that not as them wanting Kenya back because Kenya's good TV. She looks at it as them wanting Kenya back to feud with Nini or to take Nini's spot I mean I think Nini sees a lot of herself in Kenya and they have like a like a we see each other game respect game thing but I also think Nini's kids are older yeah Greg is really sick maybe might die and Kenya just got married and had a baby and when you see someone that's really similar to you have all the things that you don't at the moment Mm -hmm. and then she wants to come take your peach is the feeling that she has I think she's just she needs a break I think Nini really needs something stable in her life and nothing is stable at the moment and I think she wants a break and I, I don't even think I don't think if she was able 
to take a break and take a breath and take a beat and know she could come back to the show when she was ready. I don't think she would fucking care about Kenya, but I think she doesn't. Everything she's is so chaos right up. now. And she's, she's so wound up. up. And sometimes you just got to sleep. And I don't mean sleep like a night. There. I've been but there. Yeah. There's sometimes you got to spend two weeks yeah. in your fucking apartment. Yeah. Bop into the grocery store back, yes. flipping through trash TV. Yeah. And that is something that you need sometimes. And I don't know that her life provides her with that. She needs like to know that the ground is beneath her. And I don't think she does. Can I read a satchel from Nicole from Houston? I would love she... to hear from Nicole from Houston. Okay, love. Shout out to Nicole. She In said... Texas. Texas is. Oh, yeah. I just read <laughs> Nicole from Texas is. Um, she says Atlanta's okay this season, a slower season for sure. However, I've seen people say that Nini should not be on the show with Greg being sick and that Bravo should not have let her on this season. Is it really ethical for a TV show to ask a main character to leave or take a break because their spouse is sick? Just a question I have thought about the more I hear this. I think it's a little bit of a Taylor Armstrong and um Kim Richards thing where I don't oh god that was so dark both I think oh Taylor I mean that was that fucking scene (laughs) in um in Aspen where she's totally unglued not the first two seasons of Beverly Hills are the darkest thing that has ever aired on television but totally I think it's a situation where the producers can't see because when you work on a TV show, it doesn't feel like it does when we watch it. Right. It's your real life. It's day to day. It's a chore. Um, you know, there's a crafty table and you get to know these people and their houses are real. And like, it's just different. Like, I can't watch episodes of TV shows that I've worked on objectively like they were a show. I can just see the set and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they think firing this woman from her job and taking this away from her it's like a source of income it's like a it's something to do it, it it's a schedule and so i think that they think like with kim it was like is it better for an addict it's it, i mean it, and this is to to do with enabling addict behavior in general but i think they thought like Kim obviously wasn't well, but what are we going to kick her when she's down? Like maybe this is a good thing. She has money and she has somewhere to be and like some accountability and like she's got a social life that this all enables. And I think that they're like, if they, if they take Nini off, it's like, you know, taking something away from her in a day-to-day job, even though it's hard to see the big picture, maybe it's not great to have your grief or your addiction as a primetime television show, but in your day-to-day, it feels like a job and it feels like, and so people don't want to take all of you don't do you know what I'm saying like I do I don't know that I hear the comparison more with Taylor than I do with Kim because you're comparing a, a personal crisis with your spouse to um, addictive behavior I mean and I don't think what Nini's is, exhibiting is it's a short is an term of, good but a long term ill for that person I think the show that's what I mean yeah I I, think, I don't think that Kim and Nini are similar right 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 I think that it's it's like is the production complicit in watching Nini's downfall or is Nini ultimately solely responsible for her behavior and how much she's allowed this TV show into her life and I have to say personally as someone who's dealt with um, physical illness which I'm still dealing with and trying to ignore and mental health stuff which I am have tried to ignore and am now <laughs> forced to deal with and ha- having family members that have experienced um, significant physical trauma and medical issues. And I just think it's not the worst thing in the world to watch that play out on camera. And if there's crazy stuff that has been seen in past seasons of Atlanta specifically, on the upside, this is really real. I think that's why people are questioning, should it be shown? Because 
I'm not saying that Greg is dying, but he's certainly living with cancer right now, which is aggressive and is making choices about treatment that maybe Nini agrees with and doesn't. And they're also dealing with significant problems with their marriage. And I don't think that this is too dark to show on TV. I actually think how many cases of reality TV are this real? I mean, Mm -hmm. like cancer is real. Cancer is the fucking worst. And couple that with like relationship issues and they've already gotten divorced on camera once before and then remarried like what came first the problems in the marriage or the cancer my guess is that the problems in the marriage came first and then Nini found herself as a caregiver with someone who didn't necessarily respect the time and effort that she was putting in and I think that they had a crisis in their relationship and Nini's grappling with how to handle it and she doesn't know how to express herself. And I don't think that it's the production's responsibility. I think Nini is a grown-ass woman and she's in a tough spot right now and she's not in a position like Kenya was where she can hide a relationship because we all know Greg. Nini's in a different role than Kenya was. Um, And I think it's kind of important for us to see, even though it's really uncomfortable. Clear domestic abuse issues one season with a guy who like was physically. I forget. When he like threw something at her car, whatever. He like broke her garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, it wasn't Will. It was somebody else. Yeah, Yeah, I can't remember his name. Matt. 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 Right. 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 Um, and as much as it's like, should this be on camera? It's like. If this person's willing to do it and willing to sign up for all of that and what it brings, it's kind of good that we're able to bring attention to this issue in a way. And it's good that we can have a discussion about this. And because as much as um, the shows can be like luxury porn or like we can have fights about things like a glass or whatever that yeah, yeah, normal yeah. life you wouldn't really care about. Um it is also real people in their real lives and it has a responsibility to depict what the, those issues are like in a realistic way. And I think it is kind of amazing that there is a show on almost every night of the week where you watch women of a certain age deal with actual issues that women of a certain age, meaning in Hollywood over 25, actually deal with. And, and cancer is real and domestic abuse is real and depression is real and addiction is real. And like, if as long as it doesn't delve into territory where we're sending really bad messages, sometimes on Vanderpump Rules, I get a little concerned because they use the language of things like me right. too without understanding them. <laughs> um, I, I think that as long as we confronted it it could be really cathartic for someone whose like family is sick or someone who's in a domestic abuse situation. And also... You know, we're all broken people and there's something to be said for watching Real Housewives because of the glamour and the glitz and the supposed wealth. And there's another thing to watch it and be like, this person is making bad choices and I can understand. And there's also almost like a power position that comes from the viewer where we feel like, I mean, I have a podcast that's recorded almost a hundred apps where I talk about it. We feel, oh, you do? we can, <laughs> <laughs> we feel like we, this isn't bitch says we feel like we can critique these women and analyze them. And in doing so, it sort of removes some of the responsibility from our own lives. Like yeah. when I talk about Dorit being a fraud, like sure, that's literally but it's also figurative like you can talk and critique the decisions that these women are making on and off camera and in a way I feel like how I have you know similar experiences in my own life where 
I, you know, come to terms with bad decision I made X versus Y. And it's easier for me to do that through the lens of like analyzing these women. But there's also like a thread that kind of connects us all to this because at the end of the day, I have yet to see a perfect angel come on Real Housewives and maintain a level of dignity and purity throughout. I mean, that's the reason that I lead. <laughs> sure, I mean, I but I, leave, love I mean, and I joke about how Shannon Bedore is like the light of my life and the perfect person. Yeah. But the reality is, one of the reasons that I love Shannon Bedore is because I see a lot of myself in her. Yeah, and so I feel like it's almost like self love to love Shannon despite her faults because I have to like well, figure that out how to do is, that myself. When people ask me like, "Why do you watch these shows?" Because I get that question a lot, especially from like men, like a lot of straight men who understand. They think that we watch it because it's like a soap opera or we watch right. it because it's the Kardashians and they don't understand or that like it's- like wrestling. Com- yeah. Which drag race is like wrestling. This is just a different, it's a new thing because it, you're seeing women in particular circumstances that are usually not discussed or usually not treated seriously, taken seriously and their personalities taken seriously and their best parts celebrated and their flaws analyzed and it's human and- Nobody on this sh- these shows is perfect. Like even Eileen had terrible interior d- design taste. <laughs> um, you can find people you identify with their flaws and their best parts. And Bethany to me is the most frustrating and and upsetting. And I get so angry with her. But I see a lot of myself in her. Yeah, ditto. I, I mean, very opinionated, loud, strong, um, op- like a personality and opinions. However, it is also you have I have all of those things and she has all those things as coping mechanisms for the fact that like we're deeply hurt and damaged and like sometimes shy and and it, it and I think when I see that it, it it it's sort of like therapy it's like a way to like I don't know you see I mean especially I have people in my life who've struggled with addiction and when you see it on the show you're like oh my god that behavior where it's like either the deflecting or the enabling or the um the ability to hide certain behaviors like and the ability to negotiate where you're like, oh, I just had one glass of wine. I'm mm-hmm. not really drinking kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And it's been really cathartic. And and that's with lots of different topics and areas. And the shows are really good at that. So when Nini chooses to put that kind of thing on screen, it's like maybe this will be cathartic for somebody to see that. Maybe they'll see her blind rage and grief and frustration and be like, oh, my God, that's what I'm doing. And it's kind of um, I mean, I'm, I don't want to call it selfless because obviously they're being paid and they're famous and they're getting a lot out of it. But it is kind of um, a little bit. You, you have to commend these people for opening their most vulnerable parts of their lives to us. Can I say one more thing about Nini, which is a yes. satchel? Laura from Richmond, Virginia, shout out to Lauren, sent me two satchels. So I connected them both. One of which um, I sort of dangled as a carrot, I think, last week where I was like, was it last? Oh, no, I think I just did it online where I was like, someone sent me a satchel gold and I can't stop thinking about it. Um, and it's, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, okay, so Laura from Richmond, Virginia. Oh, my God, I have an idea. Is it possible that Nini went, off on the cameraman because her closet was empty she's just using the house as a set (gasps) or that greg doesn't live in that house anymore and his stuff wasn't there whatever reason i'm pretty sure it wasn't because it was messy and not organized and then she reached out again and said i'm seeing on bravo daily dish 
Bravo Daily Dishes Facebook that Greg has moved out. This goes to my earlier message that I thought he had moved out. My feeling is that this is for money issues. Nini doesn't want to be saddled with his cancer treatment costs or be responsible for them if he passes away. I feel like they divorced years ago for financial reasons, but then remarried on TV, but I'm a negative Nancy sometimes. What are your thoughts? It's There's a lot here. I don't think their breakdown of their relationship is about um, medical issues because they both definitely have insurance. Um, I do think that the idea that he moved out and that's why she didn't want them in the closet is fascinating. Is fascinating. And probably it's a combination of the fact that like things are all over the place because when somebody moves out, things get all moved. Then on top of that, you're taking care of somebody who's sick and you're in grief and blah, blah, blah. So it's a mess and half of it's empty. Like, of course I wouldn't want anyone to go in there. But I mean, didn't, like Candy went in there. She didn't say anything about it. So is that her being kind? Do you know what I mean? Because if I went in there and half it was empty, I'd be like, why is half of this empty? But I think maybe she knew and was like, oh, not to say anything maybe. So I watched a little video teaser for this week's episode that Bravo posted online, which was Nini talking about the reason that she didn't want them, her perspective of why she didn't want them in her closet. And she mentioned something about the fact that she was really upset with what Kim Zolciak pulled, where when they started fighting, That's her right. daughter was bringing a posting video of the roaches or water bugs, whatever the fuck they are, which sidebar. Like a stink bug. Sidebar, people have told me that like in the South, it's super normal. It's like New York City and we have fucking everything so i don't when even i was know. in fort lauderdale i mean yeah new york city you're like we're actively right creating contracts with rats right pizza rat is like our mickey mouse like <laughs> um, we're, we're horrible when i was in fort lauderdale there was a stink bug that got into a brand new built gorgeous airbnb that we were staying in. absolutely stunning place and a stink bug got in we had to kill it and get rid of it but like that's not right that's not a big deal and it, you're I in feel a like, literal swamp the I reason feel, that that yes. weather feels good to you is because it, it, it that weather feels good to you and it feels good to the animals and bugs. That's right. why they fucking thrive there. Kim knew what she was doing. And there yeah. were overtones that I was not comfortable with no. her doing. And with, it was with definitely Brielle racist. Um, but do you think that that has something to do with it? Where she felt, Nini felt a little triggered because w- w- something was going on in that closet. It doesn't make sense for Nini to just be like, it was messy. Even if she told the production people she didn't want anyone filming in there and they went in anyway I mean I think that's an actual issue if I if I had cameras in my home and I said this is a off, spot, limits, off right. limits I would lose my mind I would told I don't know that I would physically I, I mean would I wouldn't for do that but right, I would but be would, extremely upset I wouldn't course. punch a pregnant woman but I would be extremely upset yeah um and on top of that maybe Greg's stuff is being moved out and I mean I think shit's that's an everywhere. interesting I think that's a I buy it I I sharp eye I yeah shout out um to you uh Laura from Richmond um Tinsley's hometown I I think something is up I don't know what it is this could be it I think something's I buy up. It. And I agree with you that I don't think Good job, Laura. I don't think um the moving out thing is related to money. Or or I don't think, I don't think it, it's related to money alone. Uh, I think yes, that they have ongoing yes. money stuff because they definitely Greg, do. first season they came on the show, Nini's like, My husband has a bunch of money and they went out to dinner and ate shrimp and it was like a whole big thing. Um and it turns out they really didn't have money and then he went on a public tour with some fucking online radio show. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But <laughs> but was talking about the fact that she owed him money and then they got divorced. So like Money there's or definitely lack money thereof, issues. There's a thread, but of I don't that. think it, that's the reason. Yeah, I don't think that's the reason. I think there are several reasons, but I do think that something 
is going on in that closet. And I want to, if Portia, I just can't get over her being like, our friendship would be over if I told you guys what happened with the belt. Like the fact that we're only seeing clips of that scene on a season where there's like not a lot. I think maybe on. that was a gift from production to Nini because they were like, we'll show the a meltdown. We're not going to show all of it because she's really going through it. And I think that production has known her for several years now, like a decade. And I think they were like, we will do you that favor of pulling that one little bit. It's sort of like on Scary Island, they said to Kelly Ben Simone, like, we're yeah. going to show some of it, but we're not showing, you know, whatever the worst was because it's not fair. <laughs> and Kelly uh, allegedly being escorted back by production is something that was raised on the reunion, but not verified by Andy. And you know that he knew what was I mean, up. and Jill came back and was like, I just saw Kelly. <laughs> I just like Kelly at the airport. <laughs> Jill. Manicure, pedicure. Hi. Jillian. I love my little Jilly Bean. Um, I love Jill. I also apparently love Tyler Perry. Um, oh, my God. Let's talk about the quote of quotes. When you haven't forgiven those who've hurt you, you turn your back against your future. When you do forgive, you start walking, walking forward. What? The fuck? What are your thoughts on the strangest episode of New York I've ever Listen, seen? Listen, Brainy Quote has done a number to a lot of people's Instagrams and text messages. And this is a perfect example. Dorinda has never met a black person. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Dorinda has never in her life seen a Medea movie. She's never had soul food. I'm not buying it. Oh, um, but it was it was wild. This whole episode was wild. Uh, maybe um, if you have an episode in which... They talk about how they had to get power of attorney over Luann because she was And that's she just dropped into conversation. buy a $6 million house and she had none of that $6 million. And yet the craziest thing in the episode wasn't that. It was Barbara Kay's outfit <laughs> dressed like a gay seventh grader in 2003. Oh my God, I'm joking. I'm loving it. fucking course. outfit. She had boot cut jeans, a polo with like a popped polo, oh a my God. fucking yellow belt. I paused it and I stared at that outfit because I, I was a little high. I stared at that outfit for like an hour. I was just like, what the fuck? Then by the time we got to the $6 million house, I was like, yeah, okay. The $6 million house that was listed for five. She was like, I'll pay six. You don't even have one. Contacting Dennis because he was giving away large sums of money, which by the way, when are we going to get into yeah. that plot? Why was he giving Why away large he... sums of money? That's Why was... pre-suicide behavior. That is, it's definitely, I mean, like what they were talking about, the reason that they knew that Lou needed to get help again was because she was being super fiscally irresponsible. I mean... It was, this episode was like strange to me, dark in ways that I found unexpected and not at all how I thought this season was it's going to be. Weird it's energy. weird it's a it is weird, a weird energy, energy to be like, we got to go to the clam bake. Remember when I got power of attorney over you and locked all of your <laughs> social media and email accounts so that you couldn't do any business affairs because you were gacked out of your mind? Anyway, isn't it crazy that the this is so Moroccan? <laughs> It's so weird. What do you think of Barbara Kay? She needs to not be on this show. I think she might work on Jersey. I'm not like feeling, I don't feel like she's a a flavor we didn't, we were missing. Do you know what I mean? She's like, I think she's a more interesting connected ton, Tanya, where it's like, yes, cool. You're bringing a body into this scene. I don't know. I feel like she's like relatable in a bad way or Maybe something? Maybe at I don't this know. point there's just so much 
history between all of these women. I mean, even Tinsley at this point. Yeah, There's yeah. like so much that's gone down that they kind of need someone to bounce things off of because otherwise it's just like too much. Do you think it's bad that she has a lot of history with Lou and possibly Ramona? Or do you think that's like the one good thing that she brings to the table? I think that you have to have that because this group is so tight and like they Bethany does not take a lot of the people who just come in for two seconds very seriously. Yeah. And they needed to, they needed somebody that they would, that she would take them seriously, that Lou would take them seriously, that everyone would like, Ramona would pay them the time of day. That's like actually a real person. <laughs> Except Ramona does not remember Barbara Oh my K. God. Which was <laughs> the her most Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone <laughs> moment <laughs> slash con. I was very impressed by it. Amazing. Whose side are you on Lou v. Dorinda? Lou, Dorinda, or nobody's? Listen. Does it need to be Lou saying it? Probably not. But is she wrong? I mean, I think Lou is right that Dorinda needs help. She also needs to stop being the expert on everything all the time. Like, this goes back a decade. Luann always is like, oh, darling, let me tell you. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm so informed. She gets... She reads two pages of a book, and she's ready to do a book report. And we need to cut that behavior out because you are not healed and done because you did 15 and Durant is right you're not healed and done in an expert because you spent 15 days in rehab your second stint or whatever like that's not we're not over we're not past it you're still healing you're still learning this is going to be a process for the rest of your life um but I think she does see something in Dorinda and we all do, which is dark and bad. And she's trying in her own way to be like, to not back down from the fact that Dorinda like needs help. Dorinda saying, I want things to be light this season because she doesn't want attention on her. So like, let's all dress up as mermaids. And then attempting to say she's only gone crazy once. Also dressing up as mermaids and drinking or whatever. is not light. (laughs) That is pretty dark. I don't know that they were drinking, but it felt it felt so artificial to me that I was yeah. like, it felt like Dorinda's trying to avoid. And the fact that she is terrified of seeing Luann and is angry at Luann has less to do with Luann and more to do with the fact that she cannot own up to the fact that she, there is a problem. I don't know if it's alcohol. I don't know if alcohol is a symptom of something greater. I don't know if she has rage issues, but there, she is not well. It is not normal for someone to behave this way and not own up to the fact that they're misbehaving. Dorinda still does not think that she owes Luann I mean, an apology. That quote is about moving for. is essentially about ignore the past and moving forward. Yeah. Like it's not really about accepting responsibility. And Dorinda does not want to be put in the same bucket as Luann. She has anger about someone with alcohol issues telling her that she needs to be careful. And I think that scene in Columbia did Luann more favors than her saying on this episode that Dorinda needs an intervention. I thought that was like actually incredibly inappropriate. But I think that Dorinda does turn and a friend would tell her when she's turning and not pretend to avoid the matter entirely because you don't want someone to like yell at you. It's, it's not, it's not a good look. No, I, I, I think Dorinda, I mean, has she watched the show? Like Sonia, at least when she would get drunk and fall down drunk and stuff like that. And it looks like we're coming back around. Amen. At least says like, yes, I am dealing with this and like I have issues and she's trying in in very fumbling ways to like confront and move forward. And we had a whole season of her like learning to accept that feedback. Even if that was so she could still film with these women, she did it. She did it. And she's trying to like accept 
that as part of like her worldview of her and her view of herself. And Dorinda seems so ready to just shut it down. She's going to shut down production if she has to. She's not going to. Because I think when her husband died, when Richard died, even John is a clear example of this. She was like, now it's time for fun. Now it's time I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be silly. And to her being silly was getting drunk. And partying. And, and partying. And it has gone on and on and on. And I don't know if she knows what's next after the party. Like when the party's over and Richard's still dead, what's next? And I think she sees the show as part of the party and as, and as part of the like fast, fun like life. You know, like She's like, my daughter's gone. It's time to like just be Dorinda and have a good time. But what happens when all of that's over? And like you put the champagne bottle in the trash and you wake up and you have to go to work or, you know, like you got to move on. The party hasn't ended and I don't think she's ready for it to end. And she will do what she has to do to keep it going. And it's not a good look. I mean, Luann's drinking and stuff seemed more like an escape or whatever. Dorinda's seems to just be like a binge. Like we are been on a party binge with her since she got on the show and it's like not great to watch and she doesn't seem to be able to hear someone say like slow down because she thinks the second I slow down it's all gonna come crashing down you know and she also thinks I'm in control don't you dare tell me I'm not in Mm -hmm. control I'm in control I'm choosing to do this even if I'm denying that what I choose to chose to do happened Mm -hmm. I also think that alcohol doesn't change you it removes impulses and reveals who you are so if you have anger issues that I mean, all are your lurking, inhibitions drop right if you have anger issues when you're sober when you drink and we all know these people i've been in weird situations i'm sure you have to just like as a person living in this world um where someone has alcohol has alcohol oh my god <laughs> someone has alcohol someone Someone drinks a little bit and then they become kind of a dick and belligerent and whatever and it's not because alcohol has a magical power to totally change you into a monster it's because you think you can get away with it and because you're lowering your ability to mask it it's the reason people who have really bad anxiety have a couple of drinks in a social situation because when you can drop those like Inhibitions. inhibitions those anxieties those like just the anything that's like it just it loosens you up but the thing is is it's like we all know who we become when we drink if you've had a few too many drinks you know who you become i become like mr talky i don't shut the fuck up and i always want to go on like adventures i'm like let's go to the bodega and poke around like i've always got like that's who i am yeah if you know that you turn into like rage screaming person you've seen video of it your friends are telling you there is a darkness here like a rage there is a sadness and a frustration like, you, how do you not be like, it is time to go to therapy? Maybe it's not time to quit drinking for you. Maybe you're not there yet. But how do you not think that that is definitely buried somewhere deep inside of you? And and I mean, even though like she's turning thing, it's like she isn't turning. She's like letting it out. Do you know what I mean? Like she's not becoming a different Dorinda. Mm. She's just like, it's like coming out of her. Oh, that's and a good point. It's like deep in there. She needs to go to a therapist and be like, what, what is this? Like, why am I filled with this? I go to my therapist and say, like, what is it that when I drink, I, I'm like Mr. Adventure. Like, I'm like, let's go to the next place. Let's do this. Let's, like, put on some music. Let's watch a TV show together. I, like, don't – I, like, always want to be moving and going. And it's, like, you know, I think it's because I have depression and I end up in my apartment for, like, way too long. And so when I'm up and out, I'm like, let's see the world because it's, like, this is what I want to do. But it took me going to therapy and talking to a therapist and being like, what is that impulse to understand myself? I don't think she's doing that. And it's, like – but if I saw that kind of level of darkness and pain 
And I, even if I didn't remember it, I would be like, this is something I need to take seriously because it's like in the mix there. I would also think you are up shit creek without a paddle if you are surrounded by people who are saying you did nothing wrong or let's spin the narrative by talking about. When Bethany was like, you were drunk. I didn't say you were a drunk. It was like, no, Bethany, you did. Don't give her an out. Yes. And also that scene in the kitchen this week at Ramona's where they're essentially making fun of Luann for going to rehab for the second time for 15 days and then talking about the fact that she shouldn't do her cabaret because it's a trigger. It's like, excuse me, sweetie, who are you yeah, to who talk the fuck about? are you? Like, I know that you've only been drunk once in, what did she say? Like 13 years? What did she? I don't even remember what the quote was, but it's like, that doesn't make... No, if no, no, that's not how this works. That's that's not how any of this works. Right. And you don't get to take away how Luann handles her sobriety. I mean, like I, I, not that I took it away. There are bartenders, many who are sober. Right. And who, for whatever reason, are okay being in that environment or understand what their triggers are. And it might necessarily, it doesn't look how you think it's going to look right. It not, might not necessarily be surrounded by alcohol. It might be seeing person X, Y, Z, or, um, I, I don't know, like, or, or reading something. If I, I, as a performer, I, sometimes I have a drink before I perform, I'll do stand up or something, but I, that's not a trigger for me to be like, Oh, I'm going to get hammered. The things that trigger me to get hammered are when I like, like the the times in my life when I've been like, let's just get loaded with friends. Um, and I made those mistakes are when I don't feel in control Mm -hmm. because when you drink, you suddenly don't care about being in control. You're just like in it to win it. And you're like, whatever's happening. You can just forget about the fact that you're not in control of your life. So it wouldn't be being in a bar. It wouldn't be being at a party. It wouldn't be being like at a comedy show. The times when I've gotten drunk were in those places, but it wasn't about that. And for her, she might perform and feel like she doesn't feel the thing that make, which is probably not being seen or not being heard or like pushed away or feeling irrelevant. When you're performing, you don't feel any of that. So that might be something she never feels triggered while she's performing. That could be a really good outlet for her. It's not like being around the alcohol. It's not like she goes to 54 below and she's like, well, I see these French fries and a glass of champagne and now I'm losing my mind. It's probably when she's home alone. Nobody's texting her. Her kids are out. She doesn't she's not married anymore. And that's probably when she's like, well, might as well fill this with alcohol. And that's the trigger, you know, and it's weird to have someone come in and say like this, that and the other thing. They're all very judgy. And like, I mean, it's so ugly from Ramona. It is so ugly. Yeah. It's also ugly. What did she say in the teaser for next week where she says some shit about Dennis? That was unforgivable. He he does drugs. So like whatever. I I forget what the phrase is. She said how smart could he be? He died from doing drugs. Yeah. That's some dark stuff. That is unforgivable. There is no apologizer in the world who could get away with that shit. Which P.S. If this the theme of this week's AG is like talking about people's like broken pieces and brokenness and like seeing as a viewer like oh I've gone through this medical thing and I can whatever blah 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 watching Ramona make those kinds of terrible choices about judging people is a real eye opener to the stereotypes that people still have about addiction and how they view it um and I remember we got a wrap but I yeah. remember um when Philip Seymour Hoffman died I was really really upset and I wrote um a piece for my blog that was like because I was very very upset about 
um, people on Facebook saying he was just too lazy. He was too weak. And I was like, guys, he had a disease that was in his body his entire life. And it just came out. He didn't. It was something that was deep in his bones and it came out and he died as a result of it. It was an illness. It was a disease. And people thinking that this is something that you can choose is so fucked up. And you know what? I hate to say it. I'm glad she said it on camera. I'm glad that we're at least being honest about, about the, who she is, about who she is, but also what a lot of people think. And the fact that I feel like only now because of like the opioid crisis and everything else going on in this country, we're having slightly more honest conversations about addiction. And I'm learning a lot. Everybody's learning a lot. And I feel like at least we're seeing what some person is holding on to, which is an ugly, horrible comment, stereotype statement but at least we can hold a mirror to it and be like, this is wrong and this is why. You I know? mean, when people use substances, it is an attempt to self-medicate. And that's not just a metaphor. The people are trying to fix a underlying problem, right. which is depression, which is anxiety, trauma. which is trauma, mental health stuff that is hard and long and requires probably medications that are hard to access. And when you do access them, there's no telling if it's going to be the one that works. It could take right. three years to find a medication that works yeah. for you. And then you have to go to doctors regularly. And then you have to see a therapist. It's hard work. It is like a treatment for any other disease. And this is an attempt for people in the short term to make the pain go away. And so the idea that you would judge someone for that when they're trying in when some way dead to live. Body, when they're dead. They're dead. Someone died from like a disease and to make those like flippant remarks, it just proves to me how much like Ramona does not give a shit about other people or like doesn't have empathy in some ways. Like, it, And then when it does come, she had no idea how to deal with it. So there's like a ton of apologizing and hurried whatever. Um, it, I, I, oh, it was so ugly. I And I hope Bethany buries her, buries her and has the time to hear this in the season and doesn't have to, she didn't have to hear that while watching a show and then she was nice to Ramona for the next seven episodes or whatever. Like, I hope that she finds out that she said that and we can like confront it. Well, we know that Ramona has been punished because I can see that the right side of her nose has given up on the rest of her body. <laughs> what was that? It deflated. completely collapsed. I, Dr. Sharon I've never Casey, seen anything I like it. I know this was not your work. I, you know, if we're going to talk about people's problems, let's start with that nostril Oof. because it <sighs> is. I saw a scene of Ramona from the first season. And I was like, she was so pretty. Now she's not pretty or whatever but like she was very beautiful in that first season it's like when you watch early Heidi Montag and you're like god you were just a nice fresh as a daisy young girl I actually think her work has been really it's good settled which is well. why it's, settled it's well. so shocking um and but uh, not Heidi's but like Ramona's why it's been so shocking this season because I'm like you you went too far you crossed over like there's always a line it. there's always a line and you cross it and now there's no going back your face is now changed forever I know oh it's, so it's like Britney Spears' most careful. recent nose job has to be the last one who's Britney Spears's she has she's, she's had, had like three or four. Shut up. Yeah. She and Gorga. Melissa. It's the exact same nose. She just gets it slightly smaller. Ooh, that and feels your like nose, a bad idea. Your nose grows throughout your life. So like it'll definitely settle in and it'll be fine. But we need someone to send her a message to just like chill, chill it on out. the lips. And also like let's never touch the nose again. Oops, she did it again. <laughs> oh no, I had to say it. You guys, this was a really heartfelt yeah. episode of Andy Charles. Ryan Houlihan, follow Ryan Houlihan everywhere at Ryan Houlihan. Lahan. 
Guys, I posted a bunch of your iTunes reviews on Insta because um, I always complain about people not reviewing and so many of you did. So shout oh. out to you. Um, subscribe to Andy's Girls so you can be the first to listen to that special exciting announcement that I'm going to post at some point this week. And um, follow us online at Ryan Houlihan at everything. Ryan Houlihan, what's up? I just want to make sure your viewers know that if they listeners? see uh, viewers, listeners, readers. <laughs> My mom readers. keeps saying she's going to watch the podcast eventually. I'm like, cool. I always call them that. readers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope the commenters at home, um, uh, if you see Megan Cake Edmonds wandering around Dublin, wish her a, a top of the morning and a happy St. Patty's Day for <laughs> and me. And she looks for her cousins. <laughs> Team detective. Um, Guys, it's such a pleasure. Venmo me a dollar in the name of your favorite housewife. Do you know someone Venmo me $20? What? I was like, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and then I seamlessed like an orange and it was $42 was or whatever and that was it I called it a day um, such a pleasure follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley Twitter at Sarah Galley stay tuned for that special announcement can't think of anything else to say we've covered so much guys I always love hearing your satchels and more to come Ryan Hulahan a joy as always top of the morning afternoon good evening good day good night alright bye guys bye.